Hello, everyone. Welcome to Cloud Wars Live, where we explore today's digital revolution by speaking with the business executives and thought leaders who are changing how the world lives, works, plays, learns, and dreams. We've got a new guest today on Cloud Wars Live. is Peter Stubbe, who's with the research firm ETR, which has an interesting history of tracking the buying behaviors and tendencies of CIOs and CTOs. Peter, welcome to Cloud Wars Live. We're delighted to have you. I'm delighted to be here, Bob. Thank you very much for in, inviting me to be a part of the program, and I'm excited to share uh, some insights from ETR with you guys today. That's great. Great, Peter. Thanks. And uh, Peter's session each month, he's joining our digital all-star team. It'll be known as Stubby on Spending because Peter's got some really great insights from his company, ETR. So, Peter, please tell us a little bit about what ETR does and the sorts of services you offer. Yeah, sure. I'd be happy to. So just as maybe a little bit of a history lesson, uh, ETR stands for Enterprise Technology Research. We aren't very creative here. We're uh, at the core of our business. We're data scientists. So uh, with that said, what, uh, as I mentioned, we've been around for about 10 years now. What we've been doing in that time period is building and working with an active network, as, as which you alluded to, CIOs, CTOs, uh, IT executives, and what we would deem IT decision makers. Uh, the work that we do with that community is rooted effectively or most simply in large scale surveys, which measure both their propensity to spend on enterprise technology. And then also we do some work on their planned evaluations of emerging technology vendors as well. Um, it is in exchange for their participation in our survey work. Uh, that the IT community actually receives access for free to all of our research information. And I want to make sure that that's clear and upfront to everybody who might be tuning in. Um, we're expanding, but our primary audience in terms of the subscriber base today is professional investors, uh, specifically those focused on late stage publicly held uh, enter enterprise tech companies, uh, the hedge funds and mutual funds of the world, and we're proud to work with some of the largest ones globally. Um, to give you maybe just a little bit more feedback on the actual methodology of our core survey that we have done now quarterly for an entire 10-year period or our entire 10-year existence, uh, we ask our CIO community very simply to submit to us whether they plan to adopt, increase their spend, hold flat, decrease, or replace. And a constant reminder that our survey has been conducted that way quarterly in that same methodology consistently for our entire 10-year existence. Uh, so while the results are published anonymously, we will never say that it's Joe from Chevron or, or Susie from American Airlines. What we are able to do is cut and permutate all those aggregated survey responses by different respondent types. So whether that be an industry vertical, company size, Fortune 500, Global 2000, so on and so forth. We actually cut it 60 or 70 different ways. Uh, just also keeping in mind in terms of the way that we analyze this data, uh, we analyze them in aggregate or at a sector level. So we're able to push all those responses together and see just the overall percentage of adoption across all of enterprise tech, but then also start to drill downwards into just say the cloud computing sector further into just AWS. And then we're able to compare that as a time series historically through the 10 years that we've conducted the survey. And then also we could also compare and contrast that to the competing vendors. And also we are able to do uh, analysis across the enterprise stack. 
And the way that we do that is by isolating respondents to a certain technology and then coinciding, seeing what their spend is elsewhere within the survey. Uh, those are some of the interesting analyses that we do. As far as me personally, I'm a managing director with the firm. I've been with the company for about four years now. Uh, my day-to-day -day is very unique and I'm very uh, privileged to be focused on connecting with our enterprise tech community. Uh, and the core, uh, I guess, responsibility of myself is providing context to the survey results. So as we went over, those are not very granular response types, but while they do provide us uh, you know, plenty of insights and feedback, we're also diving deeper and trying to get more granular understanding of why certain survey trends are emerging through the responses. Uh, the way I do this is through a series of interviews with select survey respondents, uh, where I'm actually fortunate to confidentially review their survey responses before I have a discussion with them. I also will speak with executives uh, from the vendors that are performing well within our survey and give them a chance to highlight why that might be. Uh, and then also, uh, just to give you an idea of the scale of the number of discussions that I'm having, uh, early into 2020, we're on pace for approximately 100 interviews with uh, the CIOs that contribute to our surveys. Uh, they are fully recorded, transcribed, and housed in a searchable library on our platform. And this serves as an additional deliverable to both our paying customers, as well as promote both engagement and uh, sharing of peer insights with our CIO that contributes to our work. Peter, that's a great overview. And so it sounds like ETR, your firm has, you know, 10 years, trendable data, able to slice it and look at it in a lot of different ways. Plus, you've got the qualitative discussions you do with uh, the CIO, CTO community or the IT uh, buying decision folks in there. That's, that's a powerful background to have. And it's, it's one of the reasons we're delighted to have you come join us here and share some of these perspectives. So, Peter, sitting here in mid-February, what do things look like? Is there anything in particular that jumps out at you as, you know, meaningful here early in 2020? Sure, sure. So, uh, well, there's many use cases for our data and it's difficult sometimes to pick just one. Uh, but keeping in mind that we've conducted it the same way over time, we also focus on capturing future intentions. I think one of the most formidable uh, use cases is our ability to raise a flag um, of things that might happen in the future based off the intentions submitted to us by a large swath of CIOs. Um, you could call us possibly the Paul Revere of enterprise tech is maybe a good way to put it. Uh, so one of the key inflection points uh, that we captured in our most recent January survey, which had over a thousand CIO respondents, is the spending plans that uh, have, were submitted for Google Cloud. And I think that you're seeing this a lot uh, concurrently with what's uh, being distributed just with headlines in the space of other media outlets. Uh, and I know that you've written on it a bunch as well, Bob, and I'm looking forward to sharing some more of those results. Um, some things that I'll say just before we get into that is that our sample is large enterprise focused and it is primarily North America, though we do have contributors from around the world. Um, for the past few years, we've firmly maintained with some pushback that the battle for public cloud supremacy has been a two horse race between AWS and Azure. Uh, and it's not that the response for Google has necessarily been bad. It's just hasn't been as inspiring as what has been submitted for AWS and Azure. And also it's worth noting that we've continued to track the strength of response for Azure 
and seeing that overtake AWS in certain instances as well. So we're very much in tune with the strength of uh, spending gravitation towards Azure as they hope to uh, catch up to AWS in terms of their market share leadership. Um, but this being the first quarter where the survey response is telling us that Google is poised to maybe be uh, take on those two behemoths and be a three horse race here in public cloud. Peter, it's intriguing, right? I mean, you mentioned these three companies and wherever they, in whatever particular order they stand today and their market shares, there's probably not too many instances when, uh, you know, you've had three companies with trillion dollar valuations pursuing what I think is one of the greatest, you know, growth markets in history here. So it's not just any three companies out here. These are three, you know, uh, just extraordinarily big, capable deep-pocketed and technologically superb companies. So when you get these flags early in the year indicating some special interest from your buyers in Google Cloud, what does that tell you? Yeah, sure. So if I could just share a few metrics from our survey response, and then I'd love to actually share also some of the qualitative feedback that we've been gathering from our community. Um, so as we look at our survey, um, there's a lot of different ways that you could, again, cut and permutate the data, but very simply, a lot of it comes down to two key metrics. Those two key metrics are both overall the number of respondents that are submitting on the particular vendor, and then also a proprietary metric that we've created, which we call the net score. So what the net score measures is the overall health and trajectory of spend based off a combination of the survey, survey uh, response types that are included. So the way that we calculate that is the percentage of respondents that plan to adopt or increase their spend on the technology, and then we minus out those that have cited they plan to decrease or replace their spend. So what that's telling us is not just the greenfield adoption percentages, but also the amount of potential pervasion, and again, the health and overall health and trajectory spend for the vendors that we're tracking. Um, now, I'd be happy to share some visuals that uh, match up with the strength that we're seeing for Google, and I'm gonna just do my screen here real quick. So what you're hopefully looking at right now is our research platform. So contained in this research platform is all 10 years of survey responses. It is powered, powered by Power BI. Uh, so we have all sorts of great visualizations, a bunch of cool tools, but I'm gonna focus on just two visuals that I think best summarize what we're seeing with Google Cloud. Um, I can pull it up right here. The first, keeping in mind those two metrics that I talked about in terms of the priorities of when we look at our survey, uh, this one being the overall number of respondents citing Google Cloud is up 40% year over year. And you can see how that compares to the remaining uh, public cloud providers or other cloud computing providers, and also see how that compares to the sector average. Uh, now, you know, very, very carefully, or, or I do want to, you know, be upfront in stating that we are working off a smaller base for Google Cloud, but still, if I was able to go back to our most recent survey in October, prior to January, 
you see that Google Cloud was adding respondents to our survey at a rate underneath the, the, the average for the sector. Uh, so we're seeing, you know, a material uh, change and increase in the amount of uh, respondents for Google Cloud. And then also this counter continues on to the global 2000 respondents only, where we see both Google Cloud functions and the, the core Google Cloud platform leading the way in terms of the percentage increase of respondents. Um, so that that's a great representation of just the number of people citing Google Cloud in our survey. And now what we can do is do a further analysis of what they're actually saying or that net score spending intention and see how that compares both to recent surveys as well as uh, in comparison to the other cloud providers within our survey. So what we're looking at here is the net score, which I described earlier, the overall health and trajectory of spending for all respondents. So we are not isolating any particular enterprise here. And we are still seeing Google Cloud trailing Azure, but what is most important or most intriguing here is the inflection versus the same survey last year. Our April survey also, also measures full year spending intentions. So the full year spending intentions had a net score of 57% of for 2019. Now we've seen an acceleration to 64% net score for the year 2020 in our January survey. And if you could just do maybe like a quick perusal of the other uh, responses here, you'll see that there's not that much of an inflection for the other cloud providers that are tracked within the survey. And if I were to, again, isolate just the global 2000 respondents, you see them overtaking AWS. And you also see that, so let me, we have a, a small citation respondent in there. Um, you see the, them also advancing the amount, the, the delta between last year's survey and this year's survey. So the net takeaway for us is that there is more people both citing Google and that those people that are citing Google, they're spending more intensely with Google than they have in the past. And Peter, just for perspective on that, so the net score for Google Cloud 2019 was 57. Yep. Early here in 2020, that's jumped to 64. So is that seven point delta, is that uh, how would you frame that relative to, you know, what you generally see? Sure. I, I think, you know, it's well represented by what's here on the screen where you see most other cloud providers being flat or maybe seeing minor shifts or where it's a 3%, 4% change year over year. So when we compare Google Cloud's response to the rest of the sector, when you see that delta, that's it's, it's important to notice that, that 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 delta is that much more meaningful than the rest of the other cloud providers that we track within the survey. Um, now, I, I will say, you know, we're still, it's not a, not from 0% to 70%, but, you know, keeping in mind the context of the increase in number of people citing, citing Google, and then also the context of where they're spending elsewhere with the other cloud providers. I think that this is, you know, very promising development for Google within our survey, and it's gotten us to be that much more incrementally positive about their outlook. Yeah. And then, 
Peter, if you would uh, complement that by also touching on uh, what have you heard from some of your qualitative discussions with the uh, CXO buyers? Yeah, I'm happy to because that's, you know, my bread and butter and that's what I enjoy doing most here at ETR. Uh, we're very strong believers in the power of our large scale survey, but sometimes a single visionary can help predict what's going on in the landscape. Uh, I went back into our transcript library uh, and we actually did an interview in May 2018 with a quote from a CIO that I hold in very high regard who said that I think the rapid interest in TensorFlow, their AI platform, has kind of led a lot of folks that I've talked to to take that offering that much more seriously in terms of GTP. I think these three are going to be, I don't, and he corrects himself, I don't think, I would say that if you look at the growth rates, I think AWS is still pretty high, but Azure and GCP are really starting to rocket upwards. And I think that they all have a place in the enterprise. So that was something that came to us from all the way back in 2018. And the great thing about us getting more survey responses to GCP is that it is fortuitous in us being able to bring this up in more conversations as we have as we talk to our CIO community today. Uh, we see uh, not only the ethos of that quote that was shared two years ago, uh, but also the leadership change being a real catalyst in the hiring of Thomas Kurian from Oracle. Uh, we're seeing that be a real catalyst in terms of what has long been understood a difficulty for Google to communicate with the enterprise. Now they're seeing promising developments and an immediate change with Thomas's hiring. Um, so I, I just have some other quotes that I'll read off. We've done some work with Google largely again around their machine learning in the cloud. We did find them difficult to work with from a business workload point of view, but now with Thomas Kurian running things, I'm expecting that to change quickly. Uh, they're likely a viable alternative to AWS and Azure and Azure within a year or so. Uh, GCP technology is fabulous, stunning, but the known, known challenges is being able to speak enterprise, culturally understanding how they work, the complexity within the organization architectures, um, will new leadership instill a change? From all indications in his short tenure, they've started to make that turn. Uh, the final thing that I'll bring up qualitatively is they seem to be taking a page from AWS's book. It's uh, the attached services are driving a lot of people to take GCP more seriously. And it's not just in their machine learning and AI capabilities with TensorFlow. Uh, very astutely, we had somebody bring up that they do plan to increase their footprint in GCP, but that came as a result of their big query offering in data warehousing and database. Um, they went on to compare and contrast that versus Amazon Redshift, but the net takeaway here is that Google's interfaces are much cleaner and they've learned a lot from Amazon. Uh, so in certain cases, being the first mover isn't necessarily an advantage, the person that we interviewed or the CIO that we interviewed in this case cited that as a real opportunity for Google to learn from maybe the clunky products that AWS has had in the past and learn from their mistakes to best optimize their, their experience for the enterprise. Yeah, um, Peter, I, I saw an interview with Thomas uh, four or five days ago. And one of the things somebody said was, geez, you know, AWS is way up here and Microsoft's way up here and you're here. Gonna cut, he said, early lady said, I don't get caught up in those things. He said, we're focused on executing our plan. 
And I thought it was interesting what he said, if you look three years ago in the cloud business, what you see today is profoundly different. He yeah. said, now you go out another two or three years, again, he said that the nature and the degree of that change is going to be extraordinary. So it's hard given some of the giant numbers that are thrown around in this market to remember just how early we are in this cloud game. Yeah, opportunities for all sorts of companies. Absolutely. And that's some of the other qualitative feedback that we regularly get from our CIO community. And we've done drill down surveys that have focused on this as well. Uh, we were very surprised to learn even just recently via a drill down survey that to synthesize the results in one sentence, we effectively are in the second or third inning of cloud adoption. Um, there were there was uh, it was a lot of shocking feedback in terms of where we stand today and what what the runway is for for both cloud adoption and you know workloads in earnest. Yeah, and Peter, I'm going to let you have the last word here in a second. What I think is sometimes missed in these projections into the future is sometimes I think there's a tendency among some people doing these forecasting to say, well, here's what has happened in the past. Here's what the on-premise workloads are. And we'll just take those and replace those with cloud. And I think it's going the other direction. A lot of that will happen, but also there are these new possibilities, new opportunities, new applications, new solutions being created. And you can't just sort of mirror the past into the future. So I think, uh, I think we're still in the bottom of the first. Uh, yeah. And there, there's a lot of numbers going up on the board. <laughs> Well, well, that's good. That's great feedback to hear from you, Bob. And I would, you know, obviously agree with you. Um, you know, as we wrap up today, I, I really look forward to diving into not just, you know, the cloud wars that continue to be waged. And, you know, if we can see this positive response continuing for Google, uh, you know, we want to be clear that this is probably the first time over the course of the past two or three years that we've gotten very excited about the survey response for Google. But um, you know, it'll definitely be interesting to track uh, that continued momentum as also we dive into the rest of the 600 vendors that we track within our survey. Yeah. Peter, thanks. Please tell everybody where they can find out about you and the work that ETR does. Absolutely. So everybody is certainly encouraged to reach out to me via LinkedIn. I'm very frequently posting updates from our work there. Uh, also, you can just more simply reach out to us via etr.plus. That's uh, the platform that I had shared with you right now. And we also do have free trials available to people as well as for the IT community. They can certainly sign up and register to start participating in our survey work and start receiving access to uh, our research as well. Um, that would be the best way to get in touch. Uh, and I look forward to hearing from everybody. Great, Peter, thank you so much for this initial segment of Stuba on spending. This has been uh, very enlightening and we'll be able to get monthly updates uh, coming forward in our discussions together. So thanks a lot. It was great to have you on here and thanks for joining the Cloud Wars live team. Thanks so much, Bob. I'm very excited to be a part. Great, folks. Thanks to all of you for being with us here this episode with our, our new digital all-star, Peter Stubbe, uh, Stubbe on spending. And we'll see him again next month. Thanks to all of you for being here.